Previously on the Lupe and Royce show. Royce, who are you voting for? I'm voting for um, these nuts. Okay. Is that an actual candidate? It was at one point. I'm going to see if I can get him back. Who do you think would be hip-hop's best candidate? Hip-hop like rappers? Yes, hip-hop like rappers. I've never met a rapper that I want to run the country. <laughs> I haven't I haven't even come close. The Lupe and Royce show is a Say What Media production. The presenting sponsor is Blue Microphone. What up, it's Lupe Fiasco. Sup, sup, it's Dr. Dre. We've already went <laughs> off the rails. My bad. This is Royce to 5-9, broadcasting live from Detroit. Now, man. So when you wrote all of Dr. Dre's raps, is did you have to, like, emulate his voice, and that's why you're able to do a really good Dr. Dre impression? So many ways we could go, man. So many ways we could go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write any of Dr. Dre's raps. You didn't have to write any when you wrote all of them. You're projecting onto me your guilt for writing the whole blueprint for Jay-Z. Is that what that is? I would have loved to have wrote all of the blueprint. Do you understand the, the publishing checks that I will be receiving? Did you see the comments under that picture that you posted? Wait, 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 wait. Which which picture? Picture with you and Nas and Ho. Jesus Christ was in it. Uh, <laughs> I, think Mo, I think Moses might have been in there. <laughs> so the story behind that picture is uh, just randomly in the in the DMs. Uh, somebody sent me that and was like, hey, I just found this on my computer. And I was like, oh. And uh, in the picture from right to left, uh, well, for me, I guess from me from me over, me to the right, it's me, Lupe Fiasco, if you didn't know. Um, Boom. Then you have Jay-Z of Sean Carter, Beyonce's husband, Blue's father, right? We are aware. And then, like, I think in between maybe Jay and... Like in the background, I think that's G. Robinson, who's yeah. who's turned like what they call it profile. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to see. And then, it's hard to see. then in the center of the of the photo, as you as, you, as we're still traveling to the right, mm-hmm. you got John Manili, uh, the legend, yeah. the legendary John Manili. Absolutely. Right? And then you have Nas after John Manili. John Manili's in the background, and then Nas. You know Nas. I, I heard of him. I heard of him. Just and so I'm clear. Like, all of this that you're talking about, this all of this fits in one picture, correct? Yeah, it's all happening in one. Because, you know, this is how I do. And then, then right after that, rest in peace, is my brother Esco. And so it's you have Esco, Nas Esco, and then you have Jabbar Esco. So you have the double Esco. Mm. Don't yeah. forget the the white guy way in the background. That's John Manili. Oh, no, I thought that was me. No, 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 no. It's not you at all. Not oh, you, Tom. Right. Tom, you weren't there. Tom, you're, doing, you're uh, doing what I'm doing. You're just placing yourselves in photo. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to cheerlead at the basketball game is what you're doing. I got in the comments and said when they right. took the picture, I was in the bathroom. I just happened to have to take a leak around that time. What year was that? I think that was like 20. That was Cipriani's in London, I think, for sure. And we had did uh, Royal Albert Hall, me, Nas, Rick Ross, Jay-Z. I think it was 2010. Yeah. It's fuzzy. What were you doing in 2010? Drinking. Drinking a lot of alcohol. <laughs> That's probably why you had to go take a piss. Being See? extremely good at it. See? You know, um, remember I sobered up and when did I sober up? 2014? I can't even tell the difference anymore, man. It's like I'm drunk all the time, especially when I'm when I'm hanging with you, man. Could you just hit me with all of those when, memories? When did, it feels like, what's what's that movie? Remember, remember that remember that episode of, the, of, the, of Seinfeld? Did you watch Seinfeld? Were you a Seinfeld fan? Right? You remember that episode where uh, it was the picture of uh, them at the beach? I think it was like George and his boss or something like that. And they uh, something happened to the picture. 
and he sent it to get touched up or to get like some photoshops. Ah, it was yes. something done with the picture. But he, the guy drew himself in there. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I think I remember that. That's like a classic episode. <laughs> it was like a photograph, but they put him in there as like a painting or something like that. <laughs> that's that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to impose yourself in, into a moment in history, which is cool. I mean, I I wish I was Eminem's best friend. I would love to impose myself in Tom, this is what he does when he's compensating. He, yeah, he does this. When he's overcompensating to make me feel okay with everything. He comes at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like to level things. That's when it, that's when it, that's when all the Eminem shit starts. And you know I'm going through hell and hell and hot water with Eminem fans right now. Wait, so wait, when did the drinking start? I always wanted to know this. I took, when did it start start? I had my first drink when I was twenty one mm. with Dr. Dre. And I said I said yes when he asked me if I wanted to drink. Only because I didn't want to say no. Oh, peer pressure. No, nah, not really. Dre pressure? He wasn't pressuring me. Doctor pressure? It's like Doctor Pepper. I was going to say, was it a Doctor Pepper yeah. and something? No, it wasn't. It was probably Doctor Pressure Pepper. Pre- Doctor Pepper pressure? He wasn't pressuring me. And, and up to that point, I kind of like, it was like a thing with me to not drink. You know, I was an athlete. I was an athlete. So it's like, mm. and my brother used to come into the crib drunk all the time and like just totally like just disturb the natural energy in the house and get into it with my dad so i just used to hate that shit because it always used to be at a time where it was like the big bad wolf is finally quiet he up in his room we downstairs we playing video games we playing connect four or something and here come greg stirring shit up you know what i mean mm-hmm. now they hollering and you know like it's all kinds of shit going on and i always used to look at him and just go yo I'm, i, I don't want to be like that so i'm not i'm not gonna drink i was the same way i didn't drink because uh like my family was was Muslim, so my father didn't drink. My mom drank though, um, but my my brother used to get wasted, and all his friends used to get wasted. And then we had a liquor store right across the street, Rothschilds Liquor, right down Madison on the west side of Chicago. But it would just be like winos and like crazy shit. And I always had like same reasons. I had a distaste for it. like because I never you, wanted to do. Felt it. Like they portrayed. Yeah, it was that. And I asked my mom because they used to drink like forty. So this mm-hmm. was forties was popping. Right, it's like ninety, what two, three, and uh, my young mind was like, "Yo, this shit has got to be delicious. The way they drink this, <laughs> this got to be d- the most delicious drink in the world, right?" And it's a dollar, like this is amazing. And I asked my mom, like, you know, what's this taste like? And she has some Oduls. Oduls is like the non-alcoholic, you know, the anti-Royce, I think is what they call it now, right? We call that in the sobriety world a waste of time in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Such a waste of time. It was, it was disgusting. I will say that. It's absolutely disgusting. People enjoy wasting time. You ever seen that? Y'all seen that scene in Anchorman where he was like describing somebody like running on a treadmill and it was like he was like describing it in a way where it was like it was foreign as hell to him. So, yeah, evidently people just get on there and they just start running. You know, they start jogging. Like I think some people call it jogging for short. Is that the Swedish J, the Scandinavian J, Yag, like Jürgen, Jagen Jürgen? That's the shit right there that us alcoholics, when we think we're ready to stop, we fuck with that shit to further waste time. <laughs> you take O'Doul's out of the equation and like I'm sober two years earlier. God damn it, O'Doul's. I tried, I tried switching to wine on the weekends. I tried to do it my way and it just wasn't working. My friend is the, uh, he's the, he's the global CEO of Heineken. And, uh, we just lost the Odul sponsorship. Would, Thank you. I think Heineken is Odul. I think it is. Yeah. Or or, or something else. It's, it's some uh, something one other brand that they do. But anyway, when they when we would get together, he would just order massive amounts. Heineken would just pop up. It's a, just a truck of Heineken would drive out of the ocean and drop off 
a case or whatever for the crew. But I would always be like, man, let me get send me the the non-alcoholic. But non-alcoholic beer is disgusting. Yeah. Like beer is disgusting. No, my whole point of saying that was, you know, I was disgusted mm-hmm. by the taste of beer. And I was like, this is the shit that y'all are drinking? And it's like, well, we drink it because of the drug that's in it. Like, that's why we drink. We don't drink it because it's the taste. But there are people who actually like the taste. I think it's gross. I've had, like, Japanese non-alcoholic beers. Fucking gross. I kind of like the taste of beer. You do? Yeah. Does it have to be really cold? I wouldn't say really cold, but but somewhat cold. Beer's disgusting. I mean, sitting back on a hot summer day, having a cold beer in the backyard. If you really unpack this, we don't really need beer. We got... Tequila, you know what I'm saying? So me as an addict, like the way that I think, like why in the world would I want beer when I can just drink tequila? You know what? I'm with you in this case. You're with him in this? Because if I ever did, yeah, uh, listen, listen. If I ever decided to drink, I would drink, I would go straight to moonshine, like immediately. Like I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't like build up to moonshine. It would be moonshine. And then when I wasn't drinking moonshine, it would be absent. Have you ever had absinthe? Have I had absinthe? What do you mean? Is that like, what, have I, have I like consumed it? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Have I had it? Like, have I done a magic trick with it? Have you ever held a bottle of it? Have you ever held a bottle of absinthe in your hands and then took the top off, then pulled the cork out and then drank it into your body? Have you ever had absinthe in that way? That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it good? Cause what do they call it? They call it like the green the green goblin or the what do they call it the green fairy okay look they i'm not it. proud of what i'm about to say okay yes you are yes you are i'm really not. i'm really not i'm a good guy man you are you're, you're a deep wonderful man so continue with this story yes absinthe is delicious it tastes like black licorice now everybody don't like black licorice i like black licorice if my liquor tastes like it i don't like black licorice if i if i'm getting licorice it's not delicious in the context of twizzlers but it's, it tastes very good if you're talking about Liquor tasting like that, especially some hundred proof shit. <laughs> yeah, I think anything that doesn't taste like chemicals, and you know, once you step out of that context, the chemical context, and you get into just any type of flavor, and I think anything would taste better than brake fluid. No, no, no. Different. Just, just different things are different. Paint for me this picture of this absinthe engagement. Oh, uh, there were many moments, Lupe Fiasco. I don't have any good ones with the absinthe. That was one tough cookie, that absinthe. <laughs> See, the thing about absinthe, it's, it's very, very hard to gauge. It's hard to judge. So it's like you drink it, it goes down real smooth, it tastes pretty good, and it doesn't hit you right away. I was one of those drinkers. I was kind of like a, uh, there was a lot of arrogance to my drinking. So like if I wasn't feeling like the buzz, like I was used to feeling as fast as I would normally feel it, then I would just be like, you know, this shit ain't shit. Give me another shot. <laughs> and I think like one of the, one of the times I did like, you know, cause I can't, I can't do drugs. Like I'm, I'm not a drugs guy. I tried as hard as I can to like find a drug to be my thing. Wait, wait, you tried as hard as you can. We'll get back to that. You were looking for your signature drug. We'll save that rabbit hole for another time. It's not really a rabbit hole. It was a very short lived search. Soul search. I came to a crossroads pretty fast. But see, the absinthe, the absinthe, the absinthe was like, I was drinking it and I was extremely wasted, but I didn't know because it was so smooth. So for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to do an edible. And the whole edible thing, that's a whole nother thing. So it's like... Wait, 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 wait. So you did absinthe, right? Shots of absinthe. 
like not knowing, understanding that it's one of the most powerful liquors on the planet. I'm assuming, right? Well, I understood. I understood that part, Lupe Fiasco. But the the delayed effect and the smoothness kind of lulled you to, into a sense of like I can handle this. Yeah, because we can't underestimate. We can't underestimate my power. You know what I'm saying? Like I got power. Ah, uh, you were fighting against. I I see. It was like a competition. It wasn't a fight. It was like a pep rally. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And then on top of this pep rally, right? You added into the mix inedible what, what kind of edible gummy bears or something like that i had like you know options for the edibles i had there were a lot of different directions i could go and apparently in retrospect i chose the worst one which is a rice crispy treat you were at an edible buffet and you chose the rice crispy treat yeah and in the end the rice crispy treat just happened to be delicious i mean what what rice crispy treat isn't delicious maybe the one with drugs in it maybe that one on top of, you know, eight shots of absinthe, maybe that one, maybe that Rice Krispie edible isn't the best, the best go-to. See what a little power would do? So I'm eating. Were you dunking the Rice Krispie in the absinthe? Did you really make a, a, a show of it? No, I just, it was like a Rice Krispie treat that was like this big. It was like, it, it wasn't meant for like consumption in one, at one time. And um, I just sat there and snacked on it while I was drinking. One thing led to another. I looked up and I was doing this. <laughs> You know what that mean, right? That's like going to the movies and watching TV. Like that's like bringing a TV and a radio into the movies, and just like I'm gonna watch this movie and watch TV and listen to this radio at the same time too. It's kind of overkill. So I want to ask you about the your absinthe experience because there's levels to the game, right? There's actually like in Paris, and this is what I would do. I would be I would be that guy that's like I'm gonna start drinking. I'm going to Paris to go to the Absinthe Cafe where it all started, where they do the whole sexy little, they, they filter it through the sugar. Are you aware of this process? I didn't know about that. Yeah, so Absinthe is like a whole sexy little preparation, almost like a sushi chef, you know? Like they have, the, they have it, they strain it, almost like coffee, I guess. And then they put it on like a lump of sugar, then they, then they, filter, they pour it through the sugar, and then it gets into the glass, and it has the whole like like situation i wish i would have went to a place like that i'd have been like oh what are you doing give me the damn liquor I'll do all that stuff with it but that's what absinthe is like it is that the experience so from 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 what i've seen my understanding of absinthe i had an experience no but you had like a a ghetto ass experience with rice crispy treats and at home we should go to like an absinthe cafe and not drink but just see the experience i think that me and you should do that i think we should just go to see what it potentially could have been for you if you were still about that life. Yeah, we got, I can go live in the past. That'd be awesome for me. We'll just watch it. We don't. We won't do it. We won't partake. It would do wonders for my sobriety to sit there and just look at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we should stay away from that idea. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. We want to thank Blue Microphones for supporting our show for 25 years. Blue has helped people to find and amplify their voices, and today they are the mic of choice for millions of musicians, podcasters, and YouTubers. No matter what kind of content you create, Blue has a setup that will make you sound and look great. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or stream, check out the Yeti Caster. It's a complete mic and boom arm system that connects to your laptop, bringing the ultimate broadcast studio to your home or office. Now is the perfect time to start your creative project. So visit bluemike.com and click get started to start telling your story. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. You've been to the Middle East, yeah? You've been to like Dubai and all that. So Dubai has a, a lot because there's no alcohol there. Well, there is, but it's not supposed to be. Air quotes, right? But so in the gas station, there's like a non-alcoholic Budweiser. And then they have like different flavors. So it's like apple Budweiser, but it's all non-alcoholic. Then they have like this, uh, like a fake champagne. 
type thing. Non-alcoholic like champagne is supposed to take in the, you know, re- replace champagne at like sexy events. But it's like super expensive. It's like a super expensive juice, you know, for the sexy. It's interesting over there, man. I, I'm wondering how can you have so much money and be so strict? Money doesn't money. Money doesn't come with discipline. Like they don't go hand in hand. But drunk driving over there is like the death penalty. It's like crazy. Like same thing with like like marijuana in uh in Singapore. It's like you will be beheaded. It's like the sentence for marijuana is death. So like edibles is death. And if you fly to Dubai, it's like alcohol is like. And if you get caught driving, it's crazy. You know, it's strict because of the religion, right? So like, Dubai is 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 Muslim. Singapore is kind of Muslim. Like it's the it's almost like the state religion is Muslim. But there's like Taoist and Buddhist and all that stuff in there too. But it's like a, considered to be like a Muslim country. They're very strict. But there's alcohol and there's alcohol and and pork in Singapore, but not in not in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. You spent a lot of time over there, didn't you? Actually, no, I actually didn't. I, I spent a little in Singapore. Yes, Singapore is a lovely country. It's a great place to go. You ever been there? I have, but I don't. I don't think I really remember anything in particular about it. Uh it's like one big mall. Basically, it's just a giant and it's hot, super hot. I feel like I would have remembered that, though, if the whole place was just a mall. Can you be a little more specific? Because obvious, obviously it's not just one big mall. It's super clean. There's the food stalls. Did you go to any of the food stalls or none of that? Do you remember going to Singapore or were you like absinthe and rice crispied out? Like just like I remember some rapping was involved. <laughs> I remember I was writing some raps. I was laying some rap in Singapore. Did you go for that F1? That's sure. normal when people go. They're known for their F1 races. Their F1 night race. Where they, it's basically you drive through the city. You drive. You drive through the city. Like you can drive one of those cars. I actually drove not in in a in an F1 car. Um, but shout to Lewis Hamilton. But I drove in a uh, Indy car in Vegas with uh, Mario Andretti. You drove in one. They have these two seater because you know it's like one. It's like one seat. Right. If you don't know how to drive, then you can't drive it. But they make some that are two seaters. It's like a jet. It looks like a jet, a jet engine, like a jet, like a like a fighter jet. And there's two seats, so it's like one in front, one in the back. You got to get taught. You got to get taught how to drive those things. What do you mean, get taught? I mean, I don't know. You say you know how to drive them. Is it anything different from uh, just a, a, a regular car? Uh, yeah, it's a goddamn race car, like with one seat in the middle. Like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Yeah, you have to learn how to drive an Indy car. You got to turn left. What's what's hard? What's hard about it? It's a whole like process. Like it's very technical. It's a lot of computers. The steering wheel looks like a video game. Like it's a, uh, you know, it's super fast. You got to have an understanding of the tires. You got to have an understanding of the, uh, we need to just get Lewis on the podcast and just have him kind of explain like what it, what it means to be an F1 driver, you know, but it is definitely, it's super dangerous. That's the thing. Cause it's super fast. And like, you got to be really, really cognizant of the tires because they wear down really fast and like down forces and stuff like that. It's really scientific. You know, it's not just like jumping and driving. How do you know all of this? Because I'm, I'm smart. That's what I bring to the cast. I bring a high level of intelligence. Why are you interested in this? Because I like cars. You don't like cars? You, I know that you have access to like Eminem's whole car collection, which I hear is phenomenal. I love cars. I love cars, but I don't, I'm not into F1 racing. What do you drive? What do you mean? What car do you drive? What does this have to do with anything? I feel like this is a gateway to go somewhere bad. Bro, you just talked about getting high off Rice Krispie Treats and Absinthe and then not remembering whether you were in Singapore or not, which is fucking wild. But <laughs> now you feel it's, you're now you're a little hesitant. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I drive an AMG GT. Yeah, super sporty. I got an SLS AMG. 
So it's the big body version of that, the granddaddy of that car. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that to say it. I'm saying yours, I think yours is, looks better, honestly. But mine's is the shit. Ugh, such a great car. I'm not flashy like that. What are you talking about? The AMGT is flashy as balls. What are you talking about? My door opens just like everybody else's, bro. Yeah, but your door opens to a cavalcade of electronics and expense and luxury. You are listening to The Lupe and Royce Show with Lupe Fiasco and Royce the 5-9. We want to thank Blue Microphones for supporting our show. For 25 years, Blue has helped people to find and amplify their voices. And today, they are the mic of choice for millions of musicians, podcasters, and YouTubers. No matter what kind of content you create, Blue has a setup that will make you sound and look great. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or stream, check out the Yeti Caster. It's a complete mic and boom arm system that connects to your laptop, bringing the ultimate broadcast studio to your home or office. Now is the perfect time to start your creative project. So visit bluemike.com and click get started to start telling your story. Bro, how did you get away from my interrogation? How did, how did you get into NASCAR? No, so I listen, my my NASCAR experience is it runs deep and I've it's actually been in some cases very horrifying, but also at the same place like like it's weird like you'll get invited to come to well, first of all, IndyCar and NASCAR are two different things, okay? NASCAR is the, uh, where they just go in a circle, right? Where uh, Bubba Wallace and all those dudes drive. And those are the ones that look like, I guess they kind of look like normal cars. But you know, those doors don't open. Like, they got to climb out the window or climb out the top. It's really just like a frame, a chassis with the with the roll bar and all that. And then they just put the body on top and just cover the whole car, you know, but that comes off. But IndyCar is like uh, the cars with the one seat in the middle. And then, you know, the wheels are exposed. So you can see like the, uh, the, the, the uh, what are those, like the rods and the pistons, you know. Um, and then they got like the wing in the back, you know. And they sit and they got the helmet and they sit and they're exposed. Like they're out, outside of the car. So that's IndyCar. And IndyCar and NASCAR related because they're both like American right like indycar is like the american version of f1 which is like the european or the global version of that type of racing but indycar normally goes around in a circle just like nascar but there are road tracks i was gonna say that to you too tom like they're they don't just go in a circle like there's some road tracks which one is faster the, the india or, or the nascar i think indy is faster but not by like it ain't yeah. it isn't like nascar's 200 and then indy's 300 it's not like that you know it's like maybe 30, 40 miles faster or something like that. I think F1 is the fastest. But speed doesn't matter because in NASCAR, it's continuously fast. But like F1 and IndyCar, because you're hitting corners and turns, you got to brake and slow down. Like you never really brake. You're supposed to brake in NASCAR, right? But in IndyCar, if you don't brake and corner, like you'll crash and go off the road and shit like that. I don't use my brakes. Why would you be proud to? Why would you even just say that? Why would that just be your response? Like, I don't use my brakes because I'm dangerous and I don't care about the people of Detroit when I'm driving around in my fancy car. Royce the 5'9 coming through. Get out the way. What's that? A stoplight? Not for me. Maybe for y'all. Ha, ha, ha. And I got absinthe in the car. Like, what? No, you know. It's just... That's called murder. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to drive. Some people drive defensively. I drive offensively. I got to get out there and score some points. <laughs> what? Is... Oh, do you see Death Race 2000? Please tell me you saw Death Race 2000. It's an amazing film. You should, we have to, I have to send you, I'm not sending you a copy because I'm cheap, but you need to do your own due diligence and watch Death Race 2000. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. publicly You, know, you don't remember Cannonball Run? Oh, I love that movie. Cannonball, you seen Cannonball Run? The whole series, like Cannonball Run yeah, yeah. 1, Cannonball Run 2, like with Burt Reynolds? So Death Race 2000 came out like in it the It came 70, out in 1975. 
Death yes. Race 2000. Yo, it's such a, it's such a crazy, and that's where that phrase scoring points. Cause like old ladies were worth like a thousand points. Babies were worth like something crazy points. And they were just literally riding around, just killing. Sylvester people. Stallone was in that. As David Carradine, I don't know if Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, he, he was be. in it. Killing them how? However, just like, like with their cars, kind of like how you do when you drive your car around the streets of Detroit. That's how I do when I rap, especially when I rap with those guys to think they got something. Got to push them around a little bit, let them know who's boss around here. But how does that work when when you're writing the raps for them? <laughs> I thought that was gonna be like an alley oop for you to come talk some shit. <laughs> Yo, Lupe would not do a song with me, man. He's, he has no respect for me. You two have never done anything together? No. Royce, you're being disingenuous. That's why I'm not joining your cult, man. You already in. I already told him. They're like, yay, yay. He's already in there. He's done. It's a wrap. You can't, and there's no going back. Already, as soon as you said it, I immediately went to the group and was like, guys, guess is a part of the family now. It's like, oh my God, Royce. I'm filling out, the, I'm going <laughs> to fill out the cult application Royce? as soon as I see the WeTransfer link. He's with us? Like, yes, it's Royce IT now. What is it called again? Come on, man. What do you mean, what's it called again? You know what it's called. You've done promo for it. Listen, it doesn't mean that your cult is not important. You're in it. It's so important. That's why you're in it. Yeah, I'm definitely in it now. I but mean, I want to know who, who else is in it. What kind of competition do I have? I'm coming this, in to take like, shit we'll over. We'll be on the, what we got the call. I know about the Google call. I ain't worried about that. I'm already about to run the show on that. <laughs> I'm talking about who think they running shit. Is it Chino XL? Because I got something for his ass. Listen, why, it's not that type of, it's not that. It's not, it's not adversarial. In its in its formation in its in its intentionality, it's it's meant to be collaborative. No, you, I mean you're so limited with the details, so I'm I'm forced to just paint my own picture. Cause it's a cult. It's a cause it's a cult. Like you just can't be like, hey man, we worship the spaghetti monster, and then you know you give us all half of your check, and then you know we'll we'll come and give you a wife. Like it's not like that. I remember you talking about very progressive things way before it's time. It's three fourteen. We want to respect your your therapy session, brother. This lady is amazing. I'm telling you now. I'm going to add her to my life today like a created NBA 2K player. Is it a massage therapist or is it no, like a... No, no. I'm a righteous man. What's unrighteous about getting a massage? I'm a holy man. I don't let women just touch on all... Touch, uh, why do you... All. Why does it have to be a man? I mean, a woman. It could be a man. Men give great massages. I would never Listen, know that. I got the craziest man massage story. I don't know if it's fit. For human consumption or <laughs> podcast consumption, who do, do you normally a... who do you normally tell these stories to if it's not humans? <laughs> I mean, Don't tell me you buying animals just to tell them these bizarre stories. Maybe I got a house full of mannequins, you know, and I'm getting it in like you know, I am Legend, you know. It's kind of like that movie Legend. Didn't he have mannequins? That's what I just said. My dad gave me a massage before when he was feeling guilty because he had just beat my ass because <laughs> I was so I was sore from the game. And I can't remember what I got in trouble for. So he beat my ass and then he felt bad. So he ended up massaging like something, my leg. Or something. <laughs> and it was really nice because he had strong, he had strong hands. That was a great massage story. You know, my like dad you, gave like me you. a massage. Mine is, mine yours, is, is, is. Yours is not your, is your not father that. giving you a massage. Mine is traumatic. Go ahead and tell your story, Lou. So there's a great massage parlor out here in uh, California. It's not men working there though, right? Oh, there's definitely men working in it. Hence why the piece. I don't, and listen, I don't, I don't have anything against the hands that toucheth my body. Okay. okay. They could be man hands, gorilla hands. You know, as long as they're doing the job, I'm in pain. I need you to help me therapy away. Um, so anyway. Thank you for your candor. You're welcome. I'm only sharing because you shared the story with, you know, thank your father. You. And this, the, is, the, this is amazing. You're telling me, you told me too much already. This is amazing. Go ahead. I'm listening. So anyway, it's a great massage parlor out here. It's called Shanghai massage parlor it's like above a yoshinoya it's like in the super random neighborhood in koreatown and uh 
So I go there all the time. And they the great thing about them is they give you like a really it's a, it's titled a foot massage, but they basically wind up massaging your whole body for like an hour. Right. It's like the best value. But you're supposed to tip. I didn't know that. It was like, you know, it's only 20 bucks, but you're supposed to tip. But I'm like, ah, you should have said that. Charge more next time. But anyway, this time I went in there to get like my back done. because Someone's messing up my back. And normally I get like a, a woman. But this time it was a guy. And I really have a I have an issue like laying face down like the massage table face pillow doesn't work for me like it chokes the shit out of me honestly Mm -hmm. so i find myself struggling like when i'm laying face down so anyway the guy has me on the table face down head is in the circle pillow whole thing right and he's standing in front of me massaging you know my back right Mm -hmm. he's not like on the side like he's in front on the back right and because of his stature his penis is coming into contact with the top of my skull every time what is he naked why is he doing this or what why would he be naked i don't i'm confused no no he's not naked what type of massages <laughs> are you getting tom like what are you well, used to i'm letting you know right now we, we, we went from <laughs> zero to 500 already this is all bad already i'm just letting but, you know now but, it's not all bad but it's it's so as he's massaging you know my back you know they, they i'm under the sheet you know they're doing the full mm-hmm. thing. But his dick is just ramming into the top of my head this whole like time. I'm just sitting here like this is fucking ridiculous. This was a this was like a, you you came to a point in life right here. This is like a crossroad. This is a crossroads. This grown man me, you know. And apparently apparently grown man him as well. How do you like for lack of a better term, how'd you handle that? Pardon my pun. <laughs> I mean, off top, I just had to just kind of, what's I going to do, man? Like, my back hurt. I like, guess this what it takes to get my back together. I try, you, and you can't like really move. Just, so I'm trying to like, right. I just had to take it, man. I had to take it for you that, have, for that have. session. Like that piece where they, where they have this to stand better, in front of you and this better hit your be, back. This better be fucking scoliosis we talking about, bro. It, my back was, I do have some back problems from time to time. And, but it was like. I got, I got some back problems from sleeping on the couch. None of which are worth a fucking cock in my face while I'm. It wasn't in outside. my face, first of all. It wasn't in my face. Okay, it was, it was the, it was the top of my head. You in the forehead. Not my forehead, because you face down. Like that's that's why I tried to paint the image for you, so you knew and so you understood. And it was because he was kind of short. Like if he was taller, then you know it would have been like you know. You should go. You should go see somebody. You should talk to somebody about this. Like a therapist. This could be trauma. I had a barber. His name was Lonzo. I went to high school with him. Excellent barber. Excellent barber. Real fit guy, used to be on the football team, so he didn't wear a shirt a lot. And, like, once he started cutting my hair, I came to the realization that he doesn't wear drawers either. So he used to wear, like, blue jean shorts. Wait, blue wait, jean wait. shorts. Wait. He used to, and blue jean yeah, cutoffs? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, he cut. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. He cut. He used to cut in his basement because we, we were, like, in high school still. He cut in, in his basement. We wasn't in the shop yet. He cut in the shop now. Do you but, know this is, this is already worse than my story? My guy was no, fully no, dressed. No, no, no. It, he, no, it wasn't in his basement. It was in an establishment, right? And it was based You're just stuck off in a basement of because with a guy he was with a little no short. And no drawers. It didn't go on. It wasn't prolonged. It was just one part of the massage and the position yeah. that had to you be taken. You You're in a goddamn you gotta, basement. You don't got to clarify. You don't okay, you're right. You're right. You know what? You're right. You Continue. Clarify, I'm going to let you finish. I got, too much respect for, I got too much respect for you to hear you backpedaling like that, man. You know, I'm, I own, that's why I said I own that. I own that whole head fucking that uh, that occurred. You a top, it was fucking. You a top. You know, you a top tier lyricist. Ridiculous. You know what I mean? You're top right. tier lyricist. Listen, you're right. So this dude, he was cutting my hair, 
and he, like he he never wore a shirt and he never wore he had blue jean shorts on and never wore drawers. And I think it was because he was in shape, so he wanted to show off his obliques and shit. And I didn't realize like his cry for attention to show his his obliques and shit that his cry for attention would come crashing into my desire to get a fucking haircut. What happened was when he would turn the chair around in certain positions, as soon as I turn around, I'm too close in proximity to his meat. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes <laughs> it may accidentally rub up against you. Like, I don't want to feel your meat on my arm. I'm never coming back here again, ever. And I'm possibly about to get some help. Talk to somebody about this. So I can only imagine what you went through. No, that's completely different. What you just explained, that is trauma, right? You have somebody actively trying to put meat on you. No, nah, he wasn't actively trying. He wasn't, acti- he wasn't actively trying. He was trying. And with one layer, one layer of cloth betwixt ye and said meat. My guy actually was fully dressed. I'm sure he had on underwear. You know, like it was, it would have been layers. My guy was there just to give me a haircut, bro. Your guy was there to do something he shouldn't have been doing any fucking way. But you had a guy there with no shoes on, a cut off jean shorts, no shirt. I didn't say, I didn't say he didn't wear shoes. He wore shoes. He didn't wear draw. He didn't wear underwear or a shirt. But he was just there to cut hair, bro. Your guy was there to massage you. Obviously, you were getting massaged. But look, I didn't get traumatized from it. I just shared this story because you brought up the story of your dad giving you the massage. I'm like, okay, cool. I feel comfortable now expressing. You never know how it affects you. Clearly, it has mm. adversely affected. So you were a teenager when this happened. You said y'all were still in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And then you went on to Dre just all of a sudden now. Yeah, you want to drink? Like, absolutely. And then it just builds into... See, you, that happened to you when you were adolescent. This happened to me and I was grown, man. It's like, I'm desensitized. What are you desensitized to exactly? I mean, like penises, bro. Like, I mean, people got penises. They might pop out. They might not. You know, you might be in the Japanese bath and two fat naked dudes walk in and sit down and you just like, right, well, you know, here we go. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow. Leave us a review and tell your friends to listen. The Lupe and Royce Show is a production of Say What Media. It's recorded and mixed by Claude Jennings. Our head writer is Lauren Sloat. I'm Tom Frank. And our theme music is by, who else? Lupe Fiasco and Royce the 5'9". 